beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm DC Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, preserving the legacy of Shinju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable free from economic hardship and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. I paused a minute to let that uh, plane pass. So today we have a guest, Barry Crawford. I didn't know Barry before, but um, uh, he has been involved with the Shunyu Suzuki lineage. Here, he has a website called Simplicity Zen. It's just simplicityzen.com. And um, uh, he got hold of me and asked if I'd do a podcast with him. And uh, so uh, I said, sure. And I really enjoyed it. And you can go on simplicityzen.com and find it. It's a really clear site. And um, so uh, anyway, I recorded it, and then, you know, it was over, and he'd stopped recording. Uh, I kept recording and started talking to him, and then later on I said, hey, I've recorded all this. Can I make a podcast out of it? And so uh, he uh, he said, all right. And I, I, I cut out all the uh, stuff that uh, would be libelous and um, treacherous, uh, treasonous, uh, uh Let's see, the things that get uh, us arrested, I cut all that out. Uh, anyway, listen, I'll, I'll read to you from Simplicity Zen site. Uh, it says, Barry Crawford has practiced Zen meditation since 1992, while most of his practice has been as a lay householder practitioner. He lived at the Sonoma Mountain Zen Center and practice as a resident in the mid-1990s. There he completed the initiation ordeal, known as Tangario, and completed two traditional Soto Zen practice periods. And I'll add right here, uh, under Jokshu Bill Wong, uh, who's the teacher there and was a very close disciple of uh, Shunyu Suzuki. All right, continuing here. Barry also practiced with Diane Eshin Rizzetto in the Ordinary Mind Zen School started by Joko Beck. Barry was authorized to independently teach Zen by his teacher, John Shoji Sorensen, in 2022. He also studies Zen with Russell Kyofu Sekyo Mitchell who is a teacher in both the open mind and clear mind Zen schools. Barry enjoys sitting with Valley Streams, which is a traditional Soto Zen group in Sacramento, where he is a member of that Doan Rio. Doan Rio are the people that hit the bells and do them, you know, take care of the Zen dome. Jim Harrison, that, uh, hey, we ought to get hold of Jim Ayer. 
He's in that group. Uh, boy, I haven't seen him in a long time. And all right, continuing here. When not nerding out on Zen and science, Barry enjoys spending time with his family while doing outdoor activities like camping, hiking, skiing, and whitewater rafting. Other projects by Barry Crawford, scienceofzen.org and Sierra Foothills Zen.com. Hmm. I'm interested in this uh, Science of Zen. This is a short uh, guest podcast. And uh, I did talk to him about doing more where he hadn't been caught off guard and didn't know he was being recorded and then uh, forced into saying, okay, uh, you can use it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> pardon me. Uh, so, uh, look, let's uh, give him a call and uh, see what he has to say. Now, at this point, we had ended really two hours of talking for the podcast I did with him. But I liked his approach, his point of view and everything, so I wanted to find out about him. So we get a little bit here, and um, maybe we can get a little bit more later. Okay, so uh, when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're tired of meditating or whatever, med- meditating or whatever, Hit unpause and we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And we'll get into this discussion with Barry Crawford. So, what's your history? Oh, so, uh, I grew up totally non-religious, you know, like it just, you know, I was actually kicked out of the Cub Scouts for saying I didn't believe in God, you know. That's great. Where are you from? Uh, Maryland, mostly, yeah. Where in Maryland? Silver Spring. Yeah, I don't know where that is, but all right. Suburb of D.C., but I, um, yeah, so I, you know, I just was basically a materialist, I guess. And, you know, I um, started taking hallucinogenics and seeing the Grateful Dead. In what year? uh, My first year was 89. Oh, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 50 in a couple of weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Your first year was 89. Wow. I mean, I was only like 16 or something, 17. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, I... um, it took me a couple of times to really get it, but like, you know, once that light switch went, I mean, it was just obvious to me that, you know, there was something else going on, you know, and, and, um, and it, it just like from that moment on, you know, my number one goal in life was to explore that, whatever that was, you know, and um, first I kind of looked into shamanism you know, read all the Carlos Casanita books and stuff. But then I, I stumbled upon the three pillars of Zen 
book. Yeah. And, you know, I read those all, you know, of course the first chapter I turned to was the enlightenment experiences and mm-hmm. like, um, and, you know, and I would just read the, and I'm like, yeah, this is the kind of shit that was happened to me at the grateful dead, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I thought like, well, you know, so Zen, Zen is, you know, cause I knew, I knew right away that hallucinogenics were just a sneak peek and not like, you know, it was never going to give you, that was never going to c- come into your life or at least right. it wasn't for me, you know? Right. And, and, um, but I was, I had really, really, really powerful experiences, you know? And, yeah. um, I mean, like I'm almost tearing up just thinking about it right now. I mean, I am tearing up a little bit and like, um, I mean, I'm still not sh- totally sure what that all, what happened there. You know, it was, you know, like, plus yeah. ESP, and, you know, but, and like, um, but, you know, Zen seemed to like be speaking to those experience Cause you know, like, like I'd never heard of oneness or any of that kind of stuff prior to Grateful Dead, but, you know, I experienced those kind of things, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and so when I encountered Buddhism, everything I read, I had validated experiences I'd already had, you know, experientially. And so like, I never needed faith for the path, you know, it, it would always, cause I'd already, I, I had the experiences first and then discovered Buddhism, you know? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, anyway, so, um, and then I, so my first session was actually with Reb Anderson at, it was Green Gold Sashin, but they were they held it at San Francisco City Center because their their Zenda was being worked on at Green Gold or something like that. Right. That was you know, I, I thought I was gonna go in there because in the three pillars of Zen, you know, they go into the Sashin and they have Kensho and everything's great, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh you know, and I thought, well, I'll just go to the Sashin and have Kensho and you know, be enlightened, you know, and yeah. You know, but it, it, it like and I had very little sitting experience. I think I did one half day sitting or something prior to that, you know. Yeah. Somehow I talked them into letting me come, you know. And you know, I didn't have any money. They just let me show up, you know. And really? Like, Good. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think they let me, like, I think I worked an hour. I skipped, instead of resting, I would work for an hour every day, you know, or something. Yeah. You know? And, um. That's better. It's better not to rest. Yeah. During and, um, yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. And, um. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it instantly just became a fight for survival. There, there was no thought of enlightenment or, <laughs> you know, it was just, I'm sitting, sitting has never been easy for me physically. Like mentally it's fine. I love it. But physically it's every time I sit, I'm in pain. If that, Is that I've sat, right? I've sat probably a million hours, you know, uh, you know. It, everyone has been painful for me, you know. Really? From, from yeah. how long? Starting which minute of sitting? Uh, usually towards the end of the 30 minutes, I'll start getting pain. But now I like, I have a, I have this like, I, I, I custom made some cushions and I just sit Indian style. I don't even try half Lotus or Lotus or anything anymore. Yeah. You know, and if, you know I have like impacted discs in my back and sciatica and just all sorts oh. of fun things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's all from sitting too, you know, and I just, Physically, my body's just not good at it. Anyway, so, you know, I encountered that immediately. I was just in extreme pain, you know, but that one seven-day week, I think, experientially lasted longer than the rest of my life has. Like, that was (laughs) – I'm totally serious. Like, it it was years of experience. When I got out of there, the world was moving so fast. I, like, lost all my money, had a hitchhike home, and, like, I was just, like, but, you know. Where was home then? Oh, Humboldt County. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then like a couple years later, 
I got in a relationship, and when that ended, that gave me the opportunity. I went and lived at Sonoma Mountains Zen Center. And then, you know, I was at oh, a Oh, what years were you there? You mean Bill Guang's place? Yeah. Um, I think it was 1996. No, 95, 96, something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I lived there the same time. Um, do you know who um, Adya Shanti is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was there when I was there. And, and like, I didn't realize it. I someone dragged me to one of his talks. I'm like, where do I know this guy? The whole, uh-huh. This whole talk, I'm like, this dude's familiar. I'm like, oh, is that guy I lived with? And I went and I looked at his kind of a, his biography and, and I'd met him just after he had his like great enlightenment experience. So I think he was a little bit arrogant about it, you know, you know, and so like, um, you know, he was like kind of condescending towards me. But um, uh, I mean, it happens. You know. Shame on him. Well, well, you know, you're, I mean, this is just between us. Never repeat this, but like, right? You know, but you know, I mean, you have those experiences. You're like, oh, I figured it out, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, and then I, uh, but you know, so I had a real like. Um, sorry, I didn't mean this to be such a long explanation. But no, I no, real, I like it. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I had this like real crossroad in my life. Was I was either going to be like a homeless monk, or like go start a career? And I just it like the Quang Quang Roshi at the time he was sick. So he was never around. Is that yeah, when so he just, had shingles or something like that? When I was there, it was they didn't know what he had, I and think so he, he had shingles, which took a long time. Yeah, I I, I told the story to someone else, and they and they they said, "Oh, that must have been when he had shingles." So I got you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, but it was that was really bad. He told me it was really bad. Yeah, like I I like I lived there for a year, and I think I had two dokusans with him. You know, it was like. Mm-hmm. It was, so it's basically us, just us residents, you know, with no. You know, with Jose no, there, he was a little boy. Oh, uh-huh. his son. Yeah, I mean, he was like five or something. No, you know? not in '96. I remember there were two young boys that lived there. Wait a minute, no, that were Kwong's, Kwong's Look, that had to be grandchildren or something. The Kwongs had. Four boys when I knew them in like in sixty in the sixties. Oh, okay. I probably confused them. I I just remember there were there were two young boys. I assume they were Kwong's children. I don't know. Yeah, Nyose Nyose is like he's he's the guy who pretty much runs it now. Yeah. Built son, right? Uh, uh, oh, see, it, I always thought that I always thought that was the little boys that I saw running around. Maybe well. You know, I lived right but next to it, and I didn't no, go sit there. Uh, I lived yeah, there were eight no, years. Yeah, there were no teenagers around. So yeah, maybe no, no, no. There would have been teenagers. Bill's sons would have been teenagers. Yeah, they the, weren't. They didn't. In, they didn't the, come around in before year. You know, they would have been in their twenties or. Yeah, they didn't come around. Something. They weren't there. Yeah, and I Jose that, might have been in Japan. He went to AAG. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know they existed. To be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember. I do remember little kids that lived at Kwong's house that would walk around. All right. Well, that I don't know what to say. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, and then so anyway, I think because like I think if that was a more vibrant and healthy place, I would have gone full time practitioner. Mm-hmm. But but I just you know it's, uh, I I just got sick of it after a year and so I actually bailed in the middle of the night and left a nice note you know uh-huh. they, they all 
they all wrote me nice letters like, Oh, you're always welcome back. And, you know, but uh-huh. I just, I like, I knew if I had announced I was leaving, there would have been all these meetings and like, you know, I just, you know, Oh really? I didn't want to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I thought it's, it'll be cleaner if I just go. <laughs> so uh-huh. I did. And I went and I, and then I like, I got caught up. I accidentally became a software developer and had a dot-com startup type thing and got really close to getting, being extremely wealthy, but it all came tumbling down. And, um, Sorry and about that. No, it's a purpose. I'm glad. You know, no, it's ideal. Yeah. That would have been, <laughs> been a nightmare. And I was never doing it for the money. I was just doing it for the fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, what never, year did it all come tumbling down? The dot-com crash whenever yeah. that was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I like I don't even remember what year that was, and then um, and so I you know and then I, you know, but but then I moved back to the Bay Area for work because there was no Zen centers where near I was living, so I wasn't sitting that much. Were you living up in Humboldt still, or no? I was in North Carolina, and like the oh. Chapel Hill, the Chapel Hill place was like two hours from me, and you know, and uh, so I didn't go. There's no there was nothing around, and but then when I when I was back in the Bay Area. I started practicing again, going to tons of sessions. Where? I studied for, where? Uh, where did I go to sessions? Yeah, where did uh, you practice? Oh well, so, well, kind of my home base was uh, Diane Rosetto. She's Joko Beck's um, Dharma heir. Yeah, like she, she was my teacher. And mm. but I, but I, but uh, like when the dot com stuff crashed, I I'd saved up some money, so I took a year and a half off, and I did nothing except scuba dive and go to session. I was like hardcore. Where did you scuba dive? Mostly Hawaii and Florida and Monterey. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, um, but, you know, I was like, re- like I just sat tons of sashin. And then I had, you know, I guess we could call it enlightenment experience. And, um, but instead of being like, and I totally thought, like, this is it. I'm awakened. You know, I have a, you know, it was like, uh, you know, like I thought, I felt like a Buddha, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then like after a couple of weeks, it kind of wore off and I was like incredibly disillusioned. And, um, cause like, I mean, I was in heaven, you know, I was like heaven on earth. And, um, and, uh, like, you know, I'd like read koan books. I just didn't know exactly what they were talking about. I mean, I was like, you know, and, and like, um, and I, and so when that, and so when like the dualistic mind came back, like, I was just like, what the fuck, you know, like, you know, and I mean, like now I see the error in that type of thinking, but like, you know, at the time it was like incredibly insane whiplash, you know, I was just like, you know, I was just like cast out of the paradise, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and like, um, and I, and I thought like Zen is bullshit, you know, people have these experiences and they just convince themselves they last, you know, that they're permanent, you know? And so, like, I, I, so I still sat for like another year or two, but like, I, like, I just not with the same passion. And then I moved away to live with the lady who's my now, now wife. And like, I didn't like the local Zen scene. So I kind of, and then I started having kids. So I fell out of it for like six years. I don't think I sat once for like five or six years. And then, um, and then I, then my kids were older and more, you know, like a parent could leave and not, it wouldn't be a disaster. Mm-hmm. So I, so I started sitting again and here I am. And then I've gotten ordained and all that kind of fun stuff. By whom? Where? So the Matsuoka lineage. The what? Matsuoka lineage. Uh, what, 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 what does that go back to? 
um, you've actually interviewed people about him. Um, um, you know, the guy in LA, Matsuoka. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing it wrong? Um, you know, uh, he's just Jap- He's like, I think he was the first Japanese priest to actually start a Zen center for Americans, like, like in the fifties or something like that. It's 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 very uh, oh Matsuoka, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah in Chicago. Yeah. He, well, he was yeah. At one point, he was in Chicago. Well, anyway, and so the very so what happened was I uh, like I never. You know, I'm like Generation X. We're very anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian. You know, like yeah. Bart Simpson. You know, is like who we are. You know, <laughs> and like, you know, and like, um, so like, like even when I wanted to be a wanted to be a monk, it was never like to be a teacher or a priest. I it was like being a monk meant to me was like completely dropping out and giving all myself to practice. Like, like I'd never like being a priest. Like I I aspire to be a monk, but not a priest. If that makes sense, you know. But yes, I, uh, I understand. Yeah, but out of the blue, this lady I knew, or you know, girl, woman, whatever, um, she used to be our nanny, but then she moved away, and so she wasn't our nanny anymore. And, like out of the blue, she reached out, and we hadn't talked for a year or two. And out of the blue, she reached out to me. She's like, "Hey, I'm getting married, and you know, I'm living in Colorado, but I'm getting married in Sacramento. Will you officiate my wedding?" And I'm like, yeah, why me? And she's like, I don't know. You know, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. And you were kind of the closest thing I had to a father figure. So it just mean a lot to me if you were there. And I'm like, sure, I'll do it. You know? So I, so I went and got like ordained in this like, um, like internet church that exists so people could do weddings. I, I don't know. Sure. Of course. I know what it is. Yeah. And, um, what's it called again? Um, like, I, I'm not going to remember. I love it. He, I love it. Yeah, I know a like, lot of people that use that. I can't remember. I haven't heard about it in a while, but go on. Well, anyway, so I got ordained in that. And, and like during the ceremony, I was sitting there like officiating the wedding. And it just, this sounds overdramatic, but it was like a lightning bolt hit me. And like, um, like it, it, it was almost like information was being like transmitted to me. Like you need to be a, pre- a Zen priest. Like this is your destiny, yeah. And, and like, and I, and I'm sure if I saw a video of it, I would like almost stumble in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just like, it like, it was the weirdest thing. I almost, I don't know. I've experienced some pretty weird things, but it was one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced. And like, um, and so like, okay, I got to be a priest. And so I went. And I, so I, I sit with a little sitting group in Sacramento, and Mio Leahy is the, um, um, he's like the. Well, actually, I talked to actually I talked to the local priest. I'm like, you know, I I feel like I need to be a priest. Can you ordain me? He's like, well, I don't have Dharma transmission, and so I can't ordain you. And I I said, well, maybe Mio will ordain me. He's like, well, Mio's going to want you to move to Tassajara. I'm like, I can't. I have a family. You know, oh, uh huh. So you know, yeah, all right. You're talking about the the Suzuki lineage now. Yeah, Mio, Mio, yeah, it, yeah. Mio, uh, uh, yeah. Hartford Zen Center, yeah, right. I, I love he's him. Hartford I, now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's great. I love. I love, I love him. him. But, he's um, great. He is. Yeah, but but I, but but you know, someone said you know, th- there's no way he'll ordain you if you don't move to Tassar. It's just not going to happen. So I didn't even ask him. And so yeah. I thought, like, oh, I guess I'm like, oh well, I guess I'm not going to get ordained. No. You know? So what priest did you talk to who told you that? 
Jim, you probably don't know him. Jim, um, Hare. Jim Hare. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Hare. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Jim a lot too, but you know, he's just like, cause he, he cause he got ordained by Jim, by, you know, and he, it, Neil almost wouldn't do it, you know? And, and like, I don't know why, but, and so like, it, Jim's like, he wasn't like discouraging me. He's just like setting your expectations. Neil's going to want you to move to Tassajara, you know? And so I did, so I didn't even bother asking Mio. And I thought like, oh well, I guess I'm not gonna but I like I couldn't get it out of my head. You know, like that close encounters of the third kind movie? You yeah. Know? You know how you like he keeps seeing that shape everywhere and like like that's what like getting ordained was for me. Like I, I just I couldn't get it out of my head. Like, I used like, that I exact example for oh, really? for all of us being attracted to uh, spiritual practice and stuff yeah. in Zen Center in San Francisco. I, yeah. I use that same uh, example. Did you see it? Maybe I got it from your books. I don't remember. No, that. no, but, I've but never, the, I've never oh, written it. Okay. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I was just like, I just couldn't get it out of my head. Like I didn't even want to be a priest. Like I, said, I still don't want to be a priest, but like, like I just felt like I had to, you know, and like, yeah. Um, and so I, um, but just randomly, like. I saw this guy post on Facebook and he like, he made this like kind of like sarcastic comment on like the Soto Zen group on Facebook. And I went and like, I looked at his, um, his uh, bio and it turned out he was just like this priest in this obscure Soto lineage um, that lived like five minutes from me, you know? Oh. And I reached out and I reached out to him and he, um, John Sorensen is his name, you know, John Soji Sorensen. If you probably haven't heard of him unless you're like on Facebook a lot, but, and I, and I reached out to him and he didn't respond. And then like a year later I reached, or then a couple months later I reached out and I'm like, can you see these messages? And he's like, yeah, I can see him. I'm like, Hey, you're like a, a priest that lives near me and I'm a Zen student. Maybe we should meet. And so we went, met for lunch and like, and I, and he's like, well, what do you want? Why do you want to meet with me? I'm like, well, I, I, I feel this like compulsion to get ordained and you're a priest that lives near me. So I thought we should meet and just, and like, just something about it. Like, cause in a lot of ways I never would have chose him as a teacher cause he's never, li- he's never done any residential training. Like, you know, like, you know, so like he's not on, on paper, he's not like the type of teacher I normally would get. Like I like really like traditional, you know. And like, um, but I, I just like intuitively, I knew that this was the guy, you know, and, um, and, it, and it's like, and so I got ordained and, you know, and recently fully ordained and like, um, um, and it, but you know, it's like, it, it's completely changed my life. Like the whole, like, like that feeling of loss from like the enlightenment experience going away, like that's been resolved somehow, you know? And like, um, like I don't, I don't really see that dichotomy anymore, you know. Yeah. You know, and like, um, yeah, it's been, you know, and and like my practice has switched from like doing it for myself, and now I just do it for other people, you know. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just, just like a completely different thing, you know. I, I and I remember like being like when I was in my twenties, and you know, I had this experience, and it went away. I re- I was reading uh, a uh, Hakuin autobiography. And, um, and he's in, in like, I was reading it and he, like, he had the same thing, you know, he had this, these powerful awakening experiences, but then 
in his daily life, he feel like like he he you know he lost it somehow, you know. Yeah. Like you know, like he had this jewel that he couldn't own or something, you know. And then he's like, I figured out how to, you know, resolve this dilemma. I'm like, yes, tell me. You know, I, I have the same dilemma. I want to know how to resolve it. And he's like, you know, you have to be a bodhisattva and save other people. I'm like, what? This is bullshit. You know, <laughs> like I didn't like that answer. You know, like that's not going to fix anything. But it turns out, yeah, it does. You know, hmm. but you know, you know, I, I mean, it, it, you don't have to be a priest to do it. But I think, you know, you know, like you're obviously not like a, a formal teacher but i think that you're like you're sharing the dharma in your own way you know i think you you have to like turn that corner where it's not about you anymore mm-hmm. and only then you know mm-hmm. i think can you, you know find peace i think mm-hmm. so that's my story Ooh, that's good man that's yeah. good yeah. uh manco's from uh, baltimore you're from maryland who? Mako, uh, the one oh, who yeah. I told you is going to be the abbot of the city's inter- Yeah, 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 yeah. They have three new abbots coming in. Now, I like the yeah. former abbots. I'm close with yeah. them. Uh, yeah. But the three new abbots that are coming in, I think are really good choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jiryu, well, I yeah, think it'll be Green God. She's cool. Mako's yeah. cool. I can't remember yeah. who the third one is. Oh, yeah, David Zimmerman. He's moving from city center abbot to the main abbot or the overall abbot or abbot at large it's called is mako um she's austin this, she's been austin but is she but is she um is she like a like a social justice type focus no okay yeah. i don't think she she's not opposed to social yeah. justice i think san francisco's understood has lost this way a little bit with that stuff and I and yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm a, and I'm an yeah. extreme liberal. Yeah, me yeah, too. You know same I mean? thing. Yeah, but I just I just don't I just think it's out of scope for Zen. You know, like well, you know, like you yeah, should be just, open to anybody and and uh, yeah, like uh, you know, you should be open to any people who have any uh, political, social beliefs, uh, as long as they're not getting violent at your Zendo or whatever. Right. There's that, but there's also opportunity costs, you know, like, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, like a Zen center, like, let's say you wanted to go learn how to cook. So you go to cook school and they spent 60 of the t- percent of the time talking about French literature. <laughs> there, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with French literature. It's amazing, important. But if you're spending all this time on French literature, you're not going to learn to cook. And I and I kind of feel like that's a little bit what happens at Zen centers. They put so much energy into social justice stuff that I feel it dilutes the actual Zen practice. And they'll argue, no, the social justice stuff is Zen practice. But I mean, I don't, I don't think so. This is um, isn't it a little bit of the uh, works and faith thing that Christianity has had? Uh, yeah. Uh, good deed. Good. You know, do you, do you go to heaven because of yeah. faith or because of good it, it deeds? It depends on the it depends on the sect, but yeah, yeah. Some of them, some think some of them think you like the um, the Lutherans. They think you go to heaven no matter what, even if you don't do good deeds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you go to college? Yeah, I dropped out. Um, you know, at first I was going to actually do religious studies because I, you know, I was just so blown away by the whole Grateful Dead experience, you know, 
Oh, so you were going to go back? Oh, yeah, because you were very young when you had that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like my my hallucinogenic use was over by the time I was nineteen. You know, I did uh-huh. it a few times since. You know, I've I've done it maybe ten times since then. But you know, you know, usually in a music context. But um, yeah, but I, you know, I knew it was over. You know, I knew that like that was not, you know, it yeah. anymore. But you know, I was fascinated by human religious experience you know yeah. yeah but then i i just but i was also like really into games like playing games like board games and stuff role-playing games oh yeah and i wanted and i wanted to make this game so i learned to program to make this game and just by accident that became a career like i never planned like just like the priest thing i didn't plan on it uh-huh <laughs> my uh-huh. career i didn't plan on it it just just you, you know just do you have a job now yeah, I have a software developer, and I have two kids and a wife. Uh huh. Yeah. And you live in the, up there above Sacramento. Yeah, like right up near El Dorado Hills in Folsom. I don't know if you know the area. Yeah. Uh, well, I've yeah. driven through it. I'm sort of vague yeah. on it. I know, like yeah. going out of but, Sacramento, I know like Auburn to Tahoe. Yeah, that's a different highway. We're up fifty. Fifty. Let's see. Yeah. Twenty is Nevada City. 50. Yeah. yeah, 50 comes, 50 goes underneath Sacramento, 80 goes above Sacramento. So we, so 50 goes up to South Lake Tahoe, 80 goes up to Truckee, if you can picture that. Oh, 50 one of the highways I use getting out of Tahoe. Yeah. Uh, so depends yeah, on the traffic and stuff. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're like a thousand elevation, you know. So yeah. we're like, so it's just foot. Uh, light. Now you say you wouldn't put on a podcast this thing about s- social justice. Oh, yeah, really? Come on, you should. Well, so here's my so early on on my um, early on on my um, um, when I decided to do this, and I don't have a lot of listeners. I, I think I think my most popular podcast is been like 600 700 views or something you know oh that's terrific that's a lot yeah yeah but um but you know a lot of them just get like 100 or 200 views or something you know so it's not like you know it's not like i'm getting lots of people but early on i decided i'm not going to be prosecutorial during these i'm going to let people share their experience yeah yeah, you know what i mean you know and 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 because like and the main reason i want to do this is you know, I told you it was those three pillars of Zen books. That's what reading those experience, like reading philosophy. I've never enjoyed it. Me too. Like, Me too. You know, I, I I do it now because I have to teach it. You know, <laughs> so like I'm forced to learn. Oh, uh, I, like, I, I just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I have to now. It's kind of my job. But like, um, and um. And so, but like, like that kind of shit that never would have dragged me into practice, but reading about people's experiences, that motivated me to practice. Reading about Hakuin's experience, that motivated me to practice. Reading about Bankai's experience, that motivated, like, you know, it was like, like those narrative stories of what happened to them and how they practiced. That's what got me into practice. Reading about your book, you know, that was inspirational, you know? Yeah. And like, um, and so, 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 what I, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I wanted to provide these narrative, like kind of almost like a lamp history, you know, the 
you know, the, the traditional Zen lamp histories, you know, mm-hmm. like, like kind of in that genre, just objectively letting people talk about their practice history, you know, their practice experience. And so I don't, so I don't like, I'll try to keep it narrative. Like I'll try to keep the conversation in a narrative sense, but I'm, I'm trying not to edit them or imposing my viewpoint or anything like yeah. that. And so, so if, so if I'm talking to a Renzai person, I'll talk about koans, I'll talk about Kensho. If I'm talking to a, like a traditional Soto person, like I don't bring that stuff up because I don't want, like, I'm not trying to like make them uncomfortable or get them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. That's just not, that's not my role. You know? Yeah. I see that. Um, And so like, and so I've talked to some people that are like really into that social justice stuff, but I'm not going to criticize them, you know? No. And occasionally I'll ask questions like, I'll be like, well, to be devil's advocate, but even that doesn't even feel that good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I was talking to James Ford, you know who he is? Yeah. I interviewed him. Yeah. I did a podcast with him recently. And I asked him what he thought about all that stuff. And he, he thought it was good. And I didn't say anything. You know, I don't have really strong feelings. To me, it's all a matter of balance. Uh, you know, uh, how much French, uh, do you want to be (laughs) teaching? And then, uh, due to this mention of French, uh, we started talking about, uh, other languages, other countries, uh, people who never get to another country and stuff like that. And then that segued into this. Yeah, it's funny. Americans always think they have the best country in the world, but everyone I know, everyone I know who's lived abroad, (laughs) they almost almost invariably say like, no, the the quality of life isn't very good in America. People aren't very happy there. Like, like America has been great for like what it's created, like jazz and blues and the Grateful Dead, yeah, and like computers, like that stuff is great about America, you know, and the nature, you know, the Rocky Mountains, and like, you know, the Beat Generation, and all that stuff has been great. But like, if you look at the average person in America, it's, it's not a great life, you know. A lot of angry people in America. Yeah. Well, at this point, um, we started talking about stuff that I cut out mainly because I was talking. And just blabbering about something that I thought we didn't need. And uh, then uh, I went into this. Hmm. Anyway, well, I think everything you had to say was very interesting. And uh, I'd like to use it for a podcast. I don't get a lot of people on my podcast. I get more mm-hmm. like 60, to 50 to 100 or something. Uh, uh-huh. I don't do any, I never ask anybody to like anything, share anything. Or you should, anything. it makes a big difference. Yeah. I feel very uncomfortable doing it, but it it, it makes a difference. You should do it. I, I'm like, I'm extremely non-self-promotional. It makes me feel extremely uncomfortable, but you, you have to do it. Well, so what do you do? It. I don't, I, just, I never on Facebook, I never ask anybody to oh, share no, just, or like. Or, no, just at the beginning of every podcast, I say, if you're watching on this Facebook, please Please subscribe, like, and you know, hit the alert button. You know, and and I and every in every episode, one or two people will do it. You know, because like like YouTube uses those metrics to decide how widely to distribute the stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, I sort of think of what I do as archiving. Right, you're a historian. Yeah. But at the same time, I'll try to take your advice, and also I should probably do video rather than audio.
But I don't know. Uh, we'll see. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. It was really good. I really enjoyed uh, meeting you. All right. Yeah. yeah, let's keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, come visit. It's nice here. <laughs> That's that won't happen. Go scuba diving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, bye bye. So, thank you very much, Barry Crawford. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you. Maybe we can do more later. Uh, okay, what did I want to say? I will, I wanted to say uh, uh, my apologies for only doing one podcast a week. Um, I'm trying to concentrate on finishing Tassara's stories, the early years with Shunju Suzuki. And, uh, man, there's so much comes my way. It's really hard to get to it. I, I think I have to run hide somewhere. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, you know, and since, uh, Barry said it, why don't you, uh, whatever you can do on wherever you're listening to this, Subscribe, like, share. And if you're of such a mind, uh, go to cuke.com, uh, click on the donate button, go to the donate page and become a subscriber to cuke.com, to, to cuke archives, uh, for as little as one dollar a month. Uh, or, uh, you can make a donation with PayPal. Oh, that's a PayPal subscriber. Yeah. Or you can, uh, send a check. It shows you how to do that. And that'll help to keep the engines running here on the Cuke train. Okay. Thanks a lot. This has been a Cuke audio podcast. I'm DC Puba of Cuke audio and Cuke archives coming to you from Sleepy Senor. With Doggy Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.